it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store today. Of course, we do every day, but uh, I'm excited about this one because we have a couple of uh, mystery writers on the show today. Um, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with uh, Leanne Kale Sparks, who, after a career in law, is uh, returning to her first love, writing about murder, mayhem, and crime. <laughs> Um, she has a book called The Wrong Woman, a novel. Uh, it's a Kendall Beck thriller. And uh, we'll talk to her all about that coming up a little later in the middle of our three-hour tour, the second hour. We're going to talk with... Um, uh, oh, who do we have scheduled? Uh, Linda Olson will be joining us. This was actually scheduled a week ago, and we got our wires crossed, so it's been rescheduled. But we're going to get a chance to talk about her book, Story Matters, Empowering Your Hope When Going Through Tough Times. And it's a, it's a compilation. We'll find out about the uh, seven inspirational women who changed their stories and changed their worlds with Linda Olson coming up in a little bit. But first, we're going to cut to the chase. Actually, that's a really bad pun because the book we're going to talk about this hour uh, comes from... Uh, D. Marshall Craig, M.D., after a 30-year career in medicine, he's turned his attention to writing um, this book, and it's been a long time uh, in the works. It's called Cut to the Chase. It's a Dr. Kyle Chandler thriller, and uh, D. Marshall Craig, or David, joins me by phone. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Um I, I mentioned that this book was kind of a long time in the coming. Uh, in in coming, how did uh, how did you end up deciding to write this book? Well, I've had over a thirty year career in medicine, and um, during my medical training back in the eighties uh, and nineties, I met a lot of very different situations and interesting characters. Uh, after my medical training, I went into private practice, and after about five or six years, I, I decided that I needed to try to put down all of these interesting characters and situations, some of which are almost unbelievable. I actually wrote my first book, uh, Cut to the Chase, back in the mid-1990s, but was so busy with my uh, practice as a plastic and reconstructive surgeon that after just a, a few attempts to try to get it published, it actually sat on the shelf for 25 years. Uh, approximately six years ago, I retired from the field of medicine 
and uh, and now actually I am a uh, winemaker and a, a vineyard manager up in the mountains of Western North Carolina. So in 2019, I dusted off my book, made a few edits, uh, found a uh, publisher that really enjoyed my novel, and so my first novel, Cut to the Chase, came out in 1990. The book that's the second in the series, Hidden Agendas, that comes out this week, uh, is a continuation of about my protagonist in the first book. The protagonist's name is Dr. Kyle Chandler. Did you have any idea when you wrote the first book that you might be uh, starting a series? Uh, I actually kind of knew it would be a series, and it was going to be about a trauma surgeon who somehow backs his way into a side career of private investigation. Um, in the first story, he meets a, a very intelligent, headstrong woman uh, who's actually an antique dealer, and uh, they, like a lot of relationships, uh, they didn't like each other at all at first. And so I knew this was going to be a series um, right from the start. Um, the second one is a continuation after the first one. All of these are set in the 1990s because that's actually when I did most of my medical training in the first part of my practice. You mentioned uh, retiring uh, from your practice. I, I read something you wrote uh, somewhere um, where you sort of blame large insurance companies for your retirement. Um, back in the 1990s is when managed care started taking over. Um, my particular group in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was one of the last surgical subspecialties that was not taken over or bought out by large medical groups. Uh, I had always gone into medicine to help people, and uh, the whole system had changed to where you really couldn't do what you wanted to do to help people. Uh, you did what made the insurance companies um, basically Rich. put their interest <laughs> first. So, uh, and, and that's the way it is now. I, 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 re I don't regret retiring. I, I really enjoyed helping people. I really enjoyed doing surgery. Uh, I still would be doing the surgery now if it wasn't for all the headaches with insurance companies. What about the writing process? Um, not everybody decides to retire from a practice and, and write uh, thriller novels. Well, it's interesting because I've always read a lot in the like suspense and thriller novels, and it's a very unique way I got started. Um, when my first son was born in 1992, I started thinking about writing, and then when my second son was born in 1995, I would actually get up at 4 o'clock in the morning feed him and uh, rock him back to sleep and then type on a little bitty ancient Dell laptop. That was just when laptops were first coming out. And I'd type from about 4.30 in the morning to 6, take a shower and go to work and did that for weeks and months until I got the big most basis of the first book down. And then um, it goes into a process of, of editing. Did you do that or did you seek out an editor uh both um my process of writing is a little bit different um for each one of these books and i'm actually finishing the third book as we speak uh, i start out with a idea of where i want this to go and write the beginning and then i usually have a surprise ending that 
really surprises the reader. And then I have certain events that I want to happen at a quick-paced novel going from the beginning to the end. Um, I, it's funny because people complain about writer's block, and sometimes you just have to walk away from the keyboard if the ideas aren't just flowing from my head. But um, I'll come back later, and all of a sudden with a fresh point of view, and then for some reason things start going faster and faster, and before I know it, two or three hours are written. I've already written pages and pages. When you're writing like that, are, are you following um, an outline of sorts, or does the writing just kind of flow and, and at times even take you by surprise? Uh, it does take me by surprise. I do have a general outline I make uh, before pursuing the start to finish on a novel. Uh, I found that if I have the beginning and the ending, the journey from the beginning to the ending does not at all go exactly like I thought it was going to go. It sometimes goes up, down, backwards, and uh, that's what kind of makes it really interesting. Um, some, it's just thoughts pop into my head. I've had over 30 years of dealing with people uh, as patients in strange situations that are somewhat unbelievable to reflect on. When did uh, Cut to the Chase get released? Um, it was released uh, in October of 2020, and it was really difficult because uh, when COVID came in March of 2020, it had already been accepted, and we were going through the editing process. I have a younger son who's a well-established journalist in Los Angeles, and he helped me do the initial editing, and then uh, my publisher, we have three rounds of edits that we go through um, from start to finish that take a number of months. And so I had actually gone through all of that at the time in October 2020. Everything was pretty much shut down. Bookstores here in North Carolina were closed, and you really couldn't go out except for online to promote the book. Um, this time around, even though COVID is still active, um, there's a, a lot more chances to promote my second in agenda. Do you like the the process of, of promoting the books? Writing for a lot of people is very solitary, David. And um, some writers, you know, enjoy interacting with people uh, at book signings and book readings and different promotional events. And some not so much. Where do you fall on that continuum? Uh, I don't have any problem at all with it. During my time as plastic surgeon and reconstructive surgeon, I used to have to give a number of different talks, radio, TV interviews, um, about describing what I did and helping women. I used to do a lot of breast reconstruction surgery um, where I'd have to go out and talk to different women's groups. And so I'm fairly comfortable with that. Um, and whether it's radio, TV, um, I, I, it really doesn't bother me that much. David, your voice is coming through a little scratchy. It's almost uh, dropping out at times. I don't know if there's... How about, is, is this a little bit better? That sounds better. Okay. Let me, let me um, ask you the, the big question. How does uh, um, 
a hijacked shipment of black market French antiques end up on the radar of a busy trauma surgeon, uh, Dr. Kyle Chandler? Well, that's interesting. In the uh, <laughs> very first book, um, he becomes uh, friends with a uh, gentleman who is actually his uh, ex-uncle. Uh, Hello, David? I lost your voice there, David. Well, David's voice has dropped out. Perhaps he'll disconnect and uh, call me back and we can continue on. Um, the name of the book is Cut to the Chase, a Dr. Kyle Chandler thriller. And that must be, that must be David now. Let's see if we can get him back. Let's see if we can get him back. There's David. Yes, so sorry. Yeah, uh, I don't know what I happened. Was, that happens once in a while. I don't know. But I live up here in the mountains, and anything can happen with telephone <laughs> signals. <laughs> okay, then. So as I was saying, he kind of backs into this private investigation, um, part-time job, and he finds out he really likes doing it, and it really stimulates him even even more so than doing surgery. Now you mentioned that uh, you're you're in the process of writing the third book. The second book is uh, already completed. Um, is is this intended to be a trilogy, David, or are we seeing the early installments of an ongoing series? Uh, I believe it's an ongoing series because uh, after getting very close to finishing, I've got several different other things I want to add to it. Um, I've actually made the outline for a fourth one, and um, not only does it document his interest in private investigation, but it also uh, has to do with his relationship with a woman he meets who at first, in the first book, can't stand, and in the second book, they become a lot more friendly, and in the third and fourth books, um, then, as like a lot of relationships, uh, there's a lot of tension of where to go next. Well, that sounds that sounds like fun to keep track of, um, David. I have to take a uh, a short break here. Um, can you stick around so we can talk some more about? Uh, I I'd love to. I'll stay on the line. Thank you. All right, my guest is D. Marshall Craig, M.D. He is the author of a uh, Dr. Kyle Chandler thriller. Uh, Cut to the Chase, which is book one in a series. We're going to talk about. Uh, uh, that series and his his writing and much much more but first we're going to let our broadcast partners uh, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're listening to us on uh, WFOVLP 92.1 FM Flint uh, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Hearing and uh, if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll have more with David Craig on the Tom Sumner Program coming up right after, uh, after this. And we got a lot more of the Tom Sumner Program coming up yet this morning. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about a uh, new series of uh, thrillers featuring Dr. Kyle Chandler. Um, The first uh, book one is uh, Cut to the Chase by D. Marshall Craig, and David joins me by phone. David, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, not a problem. Um, We were talking a little bit about how... uh, um, you had known right right from the beginning of, of writing the first book, or at least as you got into the book, that it was going to be part of a series. Is there a, an overarching uh, plot that, that runs uh, sequentially through these uh, uh, installments of uh, Kyle Chandler's stories? There is. Um I think uh, of, of my protagonist in each one of the novels is kind of like David facing overwhelming odds kind of against Goliath. And um, it always leads to the theme of never give up. He seems to back himself into, oh, unusual situations while doing these private investigations and getting himself into some very tight situations. Uh, but the theme of never give up and being the underdog always seems to come through. Who are some of the writers that have inspired you? Uh, I like all different kinds of books, not just fiction, but also nonfiction. But uh, I do a lot, a lot. I, I do like a lot of the suspense thriller novel writers. Uh, favorite authors uh, include Daniel Silva. He writes the uh, Gabriel Alon series. Um, John Grisham, Robert Loveland, Tom Clancy, and even uh, a little bit older from the sixties and seventies, Dick Francis, just to name a few. Um, and, and why did you choose, uh, um, to cast a doctor as your protagonist? Well, one of the things that people always told me, uh, about writing is one of the major best points of, uh, uh, advice I ever got was write what you know. And this is definitely very applicable to me. I spent over 30 years uh, is tr- both in training and in private practice as a plastic and reconstructive surgeon and did a lot of trauma surgery. So that, even though the protagonist is not me, it's kind of an amalgam of a, a number of different surgeons I, I worked with and dealt with over a 30-year period. And so um, I did write it as a trauma surgeon. I am also interested in other things, such as French antiques, and so these are some of the things I was interested in, and I thought other people would be interested in also. You know, I've I've chatted with a lot of writers over the last few years, and and I hear that advice that you were given a lot, write what you know. And yet every single one of them I talk to um, talks a great deal about the research they had to do to uh flesh out their stories did you have to do a lot of research for this uh oh definitely um first off you're not going to know everything about everything and um one thing leads to another and i I did come up on a number of different subjects where i only knew a little bit and so if you're if you don't know something you need to become an expert on the subject by exhaustive research and that's exactly what i've done not only in the first two novels, but also in the, the following ones after that. And 
you mentioned something about, uh, you know, already having some ideas about a possible fourth and, and fifth book in this series. And, and I always ask writers if this happens to them, especially at the end of the first book and, and it becomes a series, if you get to the end and, and, and feel like, but wait, there's more. Um, is is that how you were feeling as you wrapped up uh, or as you began to finish up on book three? Um, there is, because there's a number of stories, some of which I probably can't really tell because of how graphic they are, that I still want to tell in some shape or form. And so after finishing the first book in uh, 2019, 2020, and now this second book, Hidden Agendas, finished this past year, uh, there's plenty of stories that still Dr. Chandler and situations he can get into that I've yet to even put down on paper. I have a list of different situations over the years because you've got to remember, uh, this is over 30 years in medicine that I was exposed to this. So I wrote down a list as I went along. I have plenty of different situations and interesting characters to introduce in the future books. Is um, are, are doctors writing mysteries and thrillers about doctors as protagonists? Is that becoming a genre? It seems like I've talked to several, David, that uh, they're they're MDs that that retire or in their spare time write mystery novels and and uh, often about the medical field. Um. I've, I've met several physicians of different specialties in medicine that have become writers. I would say most of them actually don't. They write about other subjects that, once again, they're familiar with. Uh, one of the things I wanted to convey in my books, um, the, of the books, uh, suspense thrillers that I liked, were two specific things. First, I wanted a fast-moving plot that kept you interested and wanting to keep turning the pages to find out what's going to happen next. And second, um, I really like books, movies, um, TV shows where there's a really quick, quick dialogue between characters, um, so much so that it's very, very fast, and it, it makes it very interesting to follow. And those two aspects, uh, a, a quick Dialogue, quick-witted dialogue and a fast-moving plot are things that I really stress in all of my books. David, when we first started talking, I mentioned that this uh, this first book, uh, Cut to the Chase, was a long time coming. Um, is is writing a, uh, with each book? Does it become a little easier and a little quicker to write? Uh, it actually does. Um, one of the things that I've learned throughout writing, um, that my viewpoint about how things are in the world are, are a little bit broader and a little bit more wide open. Um, I was a, a surgeon for during my training in a private practice for over 30 years, and it's a very kind of limited functional point of view, whereas writing almost sets you free to to talk about things um, that normally you really wouldn't talk about. Um, I also, my writing style that, that I like to try to convey is uh, I don't 
write in for, informal, long English sentences. That's not the way people talk. When people talk, they talk in phrases and don't speak proper English. They do start a lot of sentences with but and and, and that's the way people talk. And so that's a way, on, particularly on my dialogue, to make it very real so that it seems like you're talking to your friend. You talked about, you know, as a, a surgeon and, and practicing medicine that you were, by necessity, extremely focused and that now that you're writing, and I don't know if you're writing full-time, but now that you're primarily writing, um, that you're able to open that focus up. How do you do that? Do you have some some exercises that that help you explore and and widen your focus? Well, I, I put down an outline, and then sometimes I'm going to go write about something that said it's just not there, and so I'll start thinking about other thoughts, and somehow that draws that information out of my mind and into my fingertips, and start writing. And that doesn't mean that it's always correct, because I go and edit and get rid of all kinds of scenes of things like that. But um, I, I do enjoy getting in front of the keyboard, and all of a sudden thoughts come, and I said, no, if I could only change that a little more and keep changing and changing it, and that's how it kind of flows out of my brain to my fingers. But what about the inspiration for the ideas and, and the stories themselves? Um, are, are you thinking about um, possible characters or, or story arcs all the time? Uh, I do. It's, it's uh, a typical surgeon. Um, I will actually wake up in the morning or be coming along, and I always have a three-by-five index card and say, wow, that would be a neat idea. So either on my phone, notes on my phone, or else on the index card, I'll write down interesting ideas or interesting words that I read that I, I try to make my plots very believable and easy to read, not very long, long words, but I will have all kinds of ideas that I'll write down, and then I'll go and put them on a list on my computer. And then when I'm having a trouble pulling a different new idea, I'll look at that list, and that will help things further along. I have a, a songwriter friend in Nashville who does a variation on that. He, he has these spiral notebooks and he jots down uh, all different chord patterns and lyric ideas and things that, that he'll pull from when he's, when he's going through a writing phase. And he calls it his boneyard. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Um, that's... Uh, um, is place important in telling stories like these? Oh, it is. It, it goes back to exactly what I said, of write what you know. Um, the first, this, this whole series is based on Kansas City. I didn't live in Kansas City, but I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when my kids were small, when we didn't have very much of a chance to get my wife and I to get away for a weekend. But when we would, we would get away and drive three hours for just overnight in Kansas City, and so that's how I became very familiar with that. The other places in this second book, London um, and uh, New York, Long Island, are places I've all been and familiar with. And uh, in the third book, I'll give you a hint, um, uh, in the third book, he goes to Paris, 
and and these are places I've been and familiar with. And so it all goes back to what I said before, write what you know. Well, visiting a place is not exactly like like living in a place. Um, when you're taking a place, like, like Paris, for example, you've been okay. there. And now you're thinking about uh, having a, a character or a story make its way to Paris. Um, does it help that you don't know it inside and out? Can you can you write more uh, like someone who's who's just visiting? You're familiar enough to know some places and some streets, but you know not really know it like a Parisian. Right, and it's it's not like he's going there and living for months at a time. Um, in each of these settings, he's there for usually less than a week, and that's particularly because as a busy surgeon, he can only get off several days to a week at a time a year. And so uh, the, it all goes back to helping towards the fast-paced plot of my book, each one of my books. He's not there long enough to really go into too much detail how someone who lived lives in Paris full-time uh, works. Now, is he, um, is this, uh, this character, uh, Dr. Kyle Chandler, is, is he legitimately a private eye that, that uh, people seek out? How does, he, how does he end up involved in these different uh, stories that he has to untangle? Well, as I alluded to before in the first book, he gets asked by the head of this private investigation firm uh, to check out a certain situation. And, and he was asked because he knows that he has a knowledge and a, and a growing interest in uh, French antiques. And so he's only asked a couple times a year, and each one of these times a year is a new investigation and it's become a new book. And and it, it comes to him by through someone he knows asking for right. his uh, perspective or his expertise in some cases. Right, and he's very uh, intuitive of, of where to go next along the trail, and it really excites him just as much as surgery does. And so he doesn't realize that it's, it's becoming more and more part of his, his focus in addition to this girlfriend that he's, he's become more and more smitten about. How do you um, determine what the title's going to be? I, I love this title, Cut to the Chase. And, and the next one you said was Hidden Agendas. Um, how, how do you determine what those titles are going to be? Well, there's always uh, a twist at the ending, a surprise ending. And um, it always seems to involve alluding to the title of the book. You might catch it very subtly at the first of the book, and then maybe actually in the second one there's a couple of, uh, without actually saying hidden agendas, the, those two actual words alluded to in the middle of the book. But it comes to the forefront at the end of the book, and so um, it's just like I said, phrases, words will pop into my mind. Uh, on the third book, I already have the title too. I'm not going to reveal it, <laughs> but... It, it, it really makes sense to the whole plot by just a few short uh, words that have a double meaning. The, the book Cut to the Chase is being called a Dr. Kyle Chandler thriller. 
what what makes this story and and other stories that uh, Kyle Chandler will be involved in uh, what what makes them thrillers and how are they different say from from murder mysteries or who well, first off there's no murders involved we get pretty close to that in several situations but as Dr. Chandler goes on these investigative uh, jaunts uh, he gets in some situations that are very life-threatening uh, and has to make some decisions in those situations. And so a lot of the situations, you don't see it coming, and it surprises you at the, at the last moment. And that's how the thriller aspect of it, uh, is he going to get out of this? Is he going to solve this? Is he, is he going to get his girlfriend safe from this? Uh, it all is part of the overall process of the thriller plot. How much did your career in the in the medical field prepare you for um, laying out the solution to mysteries? Oh, I would say there's some. There, there's a, particularly in trauma surgery cases. There's a lot of mystery involved. Uh, I was taught by the chief of my department when you go into a surgery, you better have uh, three primary ways to fix it and realize that those first three ways you may not realize during the case you can't use those and you better have three more backup ways to fix things and so um, that's very applicable towards uh, murder mysteries to where you see you think it's going to go one way and lo and behold it turns 90 degrees and goes another way are you able to write full-time now no i am actually as I mentioned before, um, I work full-time as a winemaker and um, vineyard manager at a small winery up in the mountains of western North Carolina. And since COVID, we've been extremely busy with customers. So I write on nights and weekends down in an abandoned room down in my basement, um, and it's kind of solitary. And uh, my wife's nice enough to let me do this a couple times a week. Um, with all my other responsibilities, uh, but I do enjoy it as part of it, kind of an escapism. And um, as my younger son, who's a journalist, I said, uh, as he mentioned to me, he said, "Well, it's a lot cheaper than psychotherapy." So I agree with him. <laughs> and and in a way, you're kind of flipping the script. Uh, um, uh, you know, alcohol and and writing have always gone sort of hand in hand, but it's usually the writing full time and alcohol part time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you've got that sort of switched around. It's the uh, well, I, the I've wine done a full lot time. of things switched around. First from <laughs> trauma surgeon to winemaker to actually writing at the start of it, but started writing more and more now. So yeah, I. As, as my wife likes to say, you never know what my husband is going to do next. Well, what are you going to do next? Well, I, I would like to, I can't be a winemaker forever. It's a very, very physical job, uh, of which I still work out every day before I go to work. But eventually I'll have to quit that part of it. And so there's, yeah, a lot more books left in me, particularly in this series. Well, they sound like uh, tremendous fun, and I'm, I, I haven't had a chance to read Cut to the Chase yet, but I'm 
definitely going to look for it and uh, and and get into it because I, I think this idea of uh, getting to the bottom of a hijacked shipment of black market French antiques is is different than other stories I've read and uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, David, thank it's you. A, it's it's very believable. Let me mention that um, my second book, Hidden Agendas, comes out this week. And to purchase it, you can go to my website. It's D Marshall. That's with two L's. Craig C R A I G Books. So it's D Marshall Craig Books dot com. If you'll go to that, it tells it has a, a website that tells all about me, about my books, and you can order the books. There's different uh, links you can uh, click on to all different uh, retail outlets. And so uh, it, the Hidden Agendas comes out this week. And um, if you go to my website, you can actually read the first chapter of both my first and second book. And, and David, when does, uh, how long do you think before we'll see uh, a release date for book three? Um, the process I've learned with these two books is, it takes anywhere from three to four months for the editing phase. And then uh, the design phase for the cover uh, takes several months. So it is probably going to be not the end of this year, but similar time next year when the next one comes out. Well, I wish you... Uh I wish you luck with the the books that are out and uh, and and with getting the the third one out and all the future books from D. Marshall Craig, M.D., author of the Dr. Kyle Chandler thrillers. Um, David, thanks so much for spending this time with me and and the listeners, and keep up the good work. Tom, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. All right, take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Again, that was uh, Dr. D. Marshall Craig. David uh, spent 30 years in a career in medicine before uh, becoming a winemaker and author. And uh, his books tell the uh, thrilling tales of Dr. Kyle Chandler and his investigations. The first one is uh, Cut to the Chase. Book two, out in about a week, is called Hidden Agendas. And uh, we've got lots more of the Tom Sumner program coming up. Uh, tomorrow, we have, um, tomorrow's Wednesday, which means it's Armchair Politics Day. And we'll have our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki on the left and uh, Henry Hatter on the right. And they're going to be joined by... Uh, Gerald Everett Jones, and uh, Gerald was a guest on the show just recently talking about uh, about his book, and and he has been a pundit for the uh, Salem Network, and he wanted to sit in with us in the third chair for Armchair Politics, so we'll have Gerald joining our roundtable regulars tomorrow on the show. And uh, coming up a little later this week on Friday... We're going to have uh, Sean Cantwell is going to return to the Tom Sumner program. He used to do our news and, and was a co-producer of the show. He moved uh, uh, over to uh, an online radio station that he's a uh, program director for. And he's also the creator and host of Armchair Athletes. He's going to join me um, 
Friday morning during the 9 o'clock hour for a uh, Super Bowl pregame special, so tune in for that. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Quiplet Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. 
Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Another five-minute mystery. Our story takes place in Green's Gap, a small town in the Southern Cavern District. Greens Gap Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an accident out at Echo Cavern. Accident? What kind of accident? Two men were exploring and they got lost last night. One's unconscious. You better come quick before he's dead. I hope you know how to get out to Echo Cavern, man. Well, with the job of being town constable and ambulance driver, I reckon I know all there is to know about these parts. Ever been in the cavern, then? Once, Doc Melville, when I was a boy. Nearly got my hide tanned off by my paw. Echo Cavern's a mighty treacherous place. You mean it's easy to get lost in it? Not only that, Doc. It's that cavern gas carbine. Mm, something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, you run into some of that stuff, and before you know it, Bing, you're out. Still, people seem to be going uh, exploring in there. More fools to be. I wouldn't go into them caverns, at least till I was not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog keels over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Oh, poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why'd you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. We'd never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? Well, it didn't seem very far, but all of a sudden we lost our way. Where was that? Well, how do I know whereabouts it was if we was lost? We tried to trace our way back, but it was no use. Patsy started to get scared. It's kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yeah, he is rather big, isn't he? Yeah, six foot four. The mob used to call us Mutt and Jeff. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared myself, but we stuck together. You know, walking in the dark with only my flash from the car. All of a sudden, Pat's keeled over. From the gas? Yeah, that's what I figured. His head hit on a rock, and I guess that just about finished him off. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. Yeah, sure, I figure it's because I'm only five foot three that I got out of there alive. Gas must have been just about a foot over my head. Yeah, and what do you think about that, Doc Melville? I think you better arrest Mr. Gotti for the murder of his friend Patsy. What was the flaw in Gaddy's story? Do you know it? In a moment, we'll hear from Lem and Dr. Melville. And now, let's see whether you're as observant as Lem and the doctor. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in Green Gap's jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good story. I still can't figure out how you found out. Lem tells me they used to take dogs in the cavern because the gas is heavier than air. It collects on the floor. If you really meant gas, you would have keeled over first, before your pal Patsy. 
Well, what do you know? I tell you, nowadays in this murder racket, you need a college education. Another five-minute mystery. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, Sean Cantwell, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. Stay tuned to the Tom Sumner Program for future mini-mysteries. Just a 
tighten it up a little bit here And I'll touch it up a little bit there Sometimes I'm so involved I have to come up around Cause I'm your, your root doctor In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run But half the docs were busy overseas with World War I Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 